This episode of The Kona Edge is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at thekonaedge.com forward slash free trial. With titles like Dan Golding's Winning at 70.3, How to Dominate the Middle Distance, and Chris McCormack's I'm Here to Win, a world champion's advice for peak performance, Audible has you covered. With over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player, discover more at thekonaedge.com forward slash free trial. Welcome to the Kona Edge, where you'll discover what the best triathletes in the world do to give them the edge. You're listening to the Kona Edge. It's awesome to have you with us, and uh, it's time to chat some swimming today. We head back to Sydney, Australia, to catch up with uh, Wayne Matthews. Wayne, welcome back. Nice to nice to touch base once again. Thank you. Thank you for having me again. Well, interestingly enough, obviously you came from a running background. Uh, the run is your your strong uh, sort of discipline out of the three. From from a swimming perspective, how comfortable were you in the water from from when you started uh, in this water triathlon? Was it something that that you picked up pretty easily? Um, not really. Like I wasn't really physically designed for it. Like um, I, I may have mentioned previously that I were, you know I'm six one and. I was, you know, 64 kilos when I came into it, so I'm a, I'm a tall, thin guy. So I'm not really uh, didn't have the strength or the body position or surface area to really kind of be a good swimmer. I, I grew up, you know, um, being in the pool like a lot of kids in the UK, but um, you know, we don't really have a lot of swim lessons or anything like that. So I could I could go in the water and and not drown. I could tread water, but I'd never ever had a swim lesson in my life or done any swimming before I started. So it was kind of thrown in at the deep end um, when I started triathlon. And uh, yeah, definitely had its challenges. When so many people get into the sport who, like you say, they, they've potted around in the water a bit, they, they can tread water, they're not going to drown, and, and they almost feel like they don't need help because they can, in air quotes, swim. How soon after you started did you get help with technique? Because I think that is uh, one of the big things that holds people back is it's all good and well, you're doing tons of volume, but uh, if you're not doing the correct sort of stuff in that volume, you're really not getting any better and you're not getting the benefit that you should be. Yeah, straight away, as soon as I joined the tri club and I, I started to kind of set myself goals of a triathlon, I was just like, I can't just go to the pool and swim. I, I need somebody to tell me or give me some idea of what I need to do. I can't just go there and do it because I'm just wasting my time. So, yeah, I uh, I started working with a triathlon coach um, who gave me some pointers, first of all. And then um, the best thing I ever did was join a swim squad. And, um, you know, that kind of slowly helped me build some aerobic base and strength as well as getting uh, a frequent uh, swim swim technique tips so that was that was kind of the, the the best move that i made how quickly did you see your your swim times and and improve from from doing that i mean is is it a case of it was almost week on week um initially it was i think you go through periods so initially um i improved quite quickly so I was obviously a very very poor swimmer and then initially maybe for two or three months I saw a huge improvement where I could start to um, move through water a bit more efficiently but didn't really figure out the feel of the water or what I should really be doing with with my body position and my arms and stuff and then you kind of get this period where um, 
you know, things stall a little bit and, you, you know, I find that then you've really got to look at a different approach and say, how am I going to improve from here? You know, if things are kind of stalled a bit. And that's where I really started to focus on delving into technique, working with coaches, but also in my mind coming up with visualization and ideas so that I knew when I was swimming, what am I trying to achieve? What am I supposed to look like here? Um, so that I could go for a swim and it not just be an aimless, you know, potter up and down the, the lane for a few a few lengths and not actually have any outcome at the end. Tell me a little bit more about this this visualization. I, I find that fascinating. It's something I do quite a bit and, and I'd like to get your take on it. What, what sort of stuff would you do and, 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 and what's the reason behind it? Why would you do it? Uh, so, so I find that I'm quite a visual learner and most uh, triathletes that I work with seem to understand more um, – the faults they're making and how to improve if they can see something. So um, video analysis is a great thing. Um, so I could see what I was doing on the video and then, you know, then my coach would come up with a couple of pointers on things I, I could improve or things that would really make the biggest difference to me so that next time I jumped in the water, uh, in my mind I had a picture of what I look like and what I should be doing. And, you know, that's what I was focusing on. And, you know, it's it's, it's still quite easy when you're in a pool to be able to, look at your hand position, your arm position, you know, feel where your body is. And they're the things I focused on more than how fast I was going or how many kilometers I was swimming. Wait, looking at at people trying to change, particularly technique and, and that sort of thing, do you think people try and focus on too much and change too much at the same time? It's almost, I don't know if you've ever played golf, but if you're trying to, to sort of work on your swing and you're going to change everything in your swing, it's just almost impossible to even hit the golf ball. Do you find that people do the same in the swim, that that you're trying to improve their catch and their pull? And, and, and it's just, if you don't focus on one thing and do it properly before moving on to the next, that you, you're really struggling to, to get the, the, the most out of your swim? Yeah, definitely. And I'm, I'm kind of, I come from a teaching background as well. So I'm big on the kind of learning focus of it. So, you know, when I'm trying to get, get someone to improve an aspect of their swimming, too much information is not good. And also, you know, you've got to re- realize as a coach, as well as the athlete that, you know, if I'm trying to get them to improve a certain aspect of the swim, just because I say it in one way or get them to visualize one thing doesn't mean that that's going to resonate with them. You know, you have to let them take a bit of ownership and figure out, um, if they're trying to improve an aspect of it, you know, what what type of analogy or what thing kind of works for them so they can do that and focus on that for a while before you move on to the next thing. As far as gains that you've got in the swim, I mean, could you pinpoint one thing that you've done over your triathlon career that you feel has given you the, the most benefit? Um, I think focusing on a process of how I was going to improve was the biggest thing. And it's, it's a kind of process that I use with, with a lot of the triathletes now who are, who are poorer swimmers where I kind of went through stages of what I, what I found was, I guess the most important thing to improve to get efficiency out of the water and, um, and, and stuff like that. So kind of, I, I spent the, the initial part of my swimming improvement focusing on my body position that was the biggest kind of hindrance to me and I could tell that because I swam all right in a wetsuit but I was poor in the pool so I worked on my position initially and then I focused uh, more on the symmetry of my stroke and and did all the things that a lot of swimmers uh, or triathlete swimmers don't like to do breathe bilaterally and all the things that can limit my my movement across the pool so I'm going in a straight line and then I started to focus on the propulsion and, you know, I think the biggest mistake that a lot of people make is they, you know, they throw on the paddles, get the pool ball, and they're just focused on strength, strength, and things like that. And it's not necessarily the thing that's the biggest problem for them. 
and that that obviously is very individual. I mean, that process wouldn't necessarily work for me. I, we need to figure out what what where I need work on, and then figure out the process for me individually. Is that correct? Oh, for sure. Yeah, but I mean, it, it it's still. I mean, it's a physics thing. I look at it from a physics perspective that you know body position is the biggest hindrance to anybody's swim and if somebody's got a poor body position you can't work on their on their catch and their pull first because that's not the thing that's affecting them it's it's how they're positioning themselves in the water so you know um you know a, a lot of the coaching courses that we've done and you know again kind of coming from a sports science background it's it's i kind of like to look at it from a physics perspective and yeah not it's not always a position you know you definitely see like females naturally have better body position you don't normally need to focus on that as as a big focus for them you can kind of look at other areas they definitely struggle a lot more with a lot of people with the uh the, the females with the the catch and the pull and the propulsion side of it so yeah it definitely is individual but um yeah there is a process also that you need to work on for sure brilliant as far as workouts what do you love doing in the pool uh i, I guess my favorite workouts are varied pace probably because it's the the weakest thing that i have um i find that when i race Obviously, if you come from a non-swimming background, um, you probably are not good at things like kicking and stuff like that. And and changes of pace in race always are the biggest hindrances to non-swimmers because swimmers find it easy to change pace to you know increase the stroke rate and kick and you know drop you from packs, which is which is hard. So I like to do a lot of um, workouts with varied pace. So you know where I might be swimming a different part of the interval um, hard, or I might be doing sets of longer intervals followed by shorter intervals you know at different paces so yeah i very much am not not a fan of swimming lots of intervals at the same pace just rolling around on a cycle um i like to change things up for sure brilliant well wayne thank you so much for joining us on this edition of the cone edge much appreciated we look forward to catching up again soon thank you very much we hope you enjoyed this episode of the cone edge if you want to improve your swim be sure to check out our next free live online swim seminar. Get to the KonaEdge.com slash swim seminar to sign up now. Don't forget, you can get a free audiobook download and 30-day free audible trial at thekonaedge.com forward slash free trial. One of the 180,000 titles available and you can download it free right now is Chris Froome's autobiography, The Climb. We hit a pitted stretch of road, potholes and fissures and lumps. We hit it fast. If one slows and the other wins, we push hard. Then pop! My helmet unclips as I hit one of the little speed bumps that wear and tear has made for the battered Magadi road. The helmet falls a few inches and catches my front wheel, sending it jolting sideways towards him. He rides straight over it. The helmet jams into his front wheel. The front wheel stops dead and the back wheel buck jumps from the road. He says goodbye to his bike. He is launched down the road at over 60 kilometers per hour, flying like a missile with dreadlocks. How far? He says 50 meters. I'm not so sure. That might have brought him into Tanzanian airspace. The flying isn't the thing anyway. The landing is the issue here on the downward grooves of the Magadi Road. He lands first on his elbows and his knees. The road seizes huge patches of his skin from the joints and from the front of his body. There is blood everywhere. To download that book, head over to theconeedge.com forward slash free trial. If you'd like to access the commercial free feed of The Cone Edge, go to theconeedge.com forward slash support.